to Music, Hope, Word, and Prayer, a podcast of rich music, hopeful prayer, and inspiring meditations with East Brentwood Presbyterian Church, a community church in the greater metropolitan area of Nashville, Tennessee. We are a faith community made up of a loving, welcoming family of believers in honest conversation with God. We seek to emulate the ministry of Jesus through compassionate service, with stimulating and relevant exploration of God's Word, and by sharing that Word and God's many blessings with our neighbors in Middle Tennessee and around the world. Hello, everyone. It's John Hilly, and along with Nate Strasser, we're so glad that you are joining us. Uh, We are recording this episode in a busy, busy time for everybody. It's busy for church musicians and uh, and, and and also preachers just before, a couple days before Christmas. Um, so thank you for taking some time and listening. Uh, and uh, we're going to bring you uh, into the room of what we did this past Sunday, because we, we had some fun, didn't we, Nate? Yeah, we had bell choir and youth uh, participating in the service and some Suzuki string players as well. So lots of great music and lots of great words. Yeah. And so that uh, one of the things that I wanted to bring in you into the room was just this uh, sense of um, this two themes that we were playing with. One is we see God in each other. And the other one was that there are, um, we're always walking through these thresholds, crossing thresholds. It may be a new job. It may be change in health. It may be a change in a relationship. And it may be uh, people who are on the move. Um, and I was thinking about uh, that threshold that Mary and Elizabeth were facing. Mary as a young mother-to-be of the Christ child, and Elizabeth, who's old in years, who is carrying John the Baptist. And there's a story that is in Luke, and it's in the liner notes, uh, of uh, where they encounter each other. And uh, and it's a time of great joy as Elizabeth helps Mary cross the threshold. And, and so... Um, Around this the crossing of the thresholds, we put a challenge out to our congregation because there's so many people in our city who are new to our city, both um, new residents and um, and 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 those who are new Americans. Uh, we have so many refugees that are coming to our food bank that we support, and so we, as a congregation, said, "Let's go get a thousand dollars worth of gift cards, go Kroger gift cards, and let's um, hand them out in fifty dollar denominations," and said. 20 people go, uh, our food donations are getting low at our food bank, as are our diapers, go and make some good of this. And uh, those uh, 20 gift certificates, they just went out like that, didn't they, Nate? They did. They went really fast. Yeah, a couple minutes. And so what did that look like for you? I mean, because that's, uh, and, and, uh, and, and we're recording, I'm looking at the window right now where one uh, older uh, uh, couple went out and got, and they just brought in a couple of boxes worth of uh, Kroger boxes that I'm seeing coming in through the door right now. A family came in yesterday, and that fifty dollars became a hundred dollars, became a hundred and fifty dollars, and so that thousand may become three thousand by the time we're uh, in it. And so I mentioned that because of of how we're helping people in this busy time cross the threshold. And so if you're crossing a threshold, or you know somebody that you're helping to get from there to here, uh, you might find something helpful in this episode. The other thing that we did is that uh, playing with this theme of we see God in each other. And uh, and I said, well, man, um, that's that's really aspirational because if we're not looking at people the right way, we can see <laughs> a whole bunch of 
Nate, do you want to complete the sentence like um, stupid folks? Or uh, you wouldn't say stupid folks. What would I, you, I never would. You never would. But people who like, I don't get that. This light was not green and you're taking, uh, it was red and you still turn left in front of me. Or the rude customer uh, and to the cashier the day before Christmas and they're working so hard and somebody is not as, as nice as it could be. So it's easy. It takes a lot of, it's an act of faith to see God in the other person. And I've been paying attention to uh, the uh, the situation in the war in Ukraine. And uh, there with, I'm hearing eyewitness accounts of reporters uh, that it's hard to see God in another person with the um, the violence and the bomb, indiscriminate bomb shellings that are happening among Ukrainian citizenry. So um, we thought, well, uh, Nate brought in these uh, violinists and it called to mind uh, back in what, what was it March that we had the that 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 story of the violinist in the bombshell shelter? Can you take it from here, Nate? Yeah, yeah. So there was this uh, video went viral actually of a violinist um, playing a solo rendition of a beautiful Ukrainian folk song, and as the video pans out, the lonely violin from a basement bomb shelter is joined by musicians across the world of all ages, even players from world-renowned symphonies. Eventually building into a virtual orchestra of 94 musicians across the globe, conveying this message of hope. And we saw how these musicians saw each other. And one, one um, commented, it was as though by playing their violins, they were praying. So this video connected the world and went on to raise millions of dollars for Ukrainian refugees. And it proves, again, how music helps us connect with one another. We can see one another through this shared music. So mm-hmm. I was so moved by this video that I wrote my own arrangement of this same Ukrainian folk song and played it on Sunday with the two string players um, who teach Suzuki here at the church. It's a beautiful, moving folk song, and I was honored to bring it into the church service and into the podcast today. Yeah, good. So you, you can play the song uh, that we uh, that they witnessed on Sunday, and that's great. And I'll include uh, in the liner notes the um, uh, the videotape of of the of the patched in uh, artists from around the world. I'm always interested in how musicians y'all seem to get into a room around a score, and y'all just like know how to connect. And I'm always amazed uh, at, at that. And it was really moving. You know, I know that Nate, you you. Oftentimes, you are not satisfied to let just a piece be a piece. You want to uh, uh, push it as far as it can because you bring the gifts of, as a composer in. It was incredibly moving. I was talking to somebody afterward who, who, um, since it was about the violin, you let the violin, if I'm not mistaken, um, you started with the violin, then you brought in a cello, you came in with piano, and then, how did you end that piece? Yeah, and then it went out the opposite way. So the cello dropped out, the piano dropped out, and it ended that solo violin again. Trying to sort of create that same spirit that that video had, um, I went for a similar approach where I started with just a single violin, built it up, and then ended with just a single violin again. So when you're uh, listening to uh, uh, that music that's going to be playing uh, just now, uh, listen for how the violin um brings it to the conclusion. So, hey, thank you for listening. And uh, let's see, I'll uh, go ahead and let's listen to the music. I'll come back with uh, the encounter between Mary and Elizabeth and this theme of how we see God in each other and how we can be to each other helpmates or surrogates as we cross from one threshold to the next. Thank you for listening.
beautiful piece. Wouldn't you agree? So this aspirational thought, we see God in each other. To see God in another human being is my invitation in this episode, and it's also my challenge to myself and and to you. Mary and Elizabeth, two characters in the Bible, such important characters, saw God in each other. And on the cusp of Christmas, we're returning to Mary's experience. You remember reading in the early pages of Luke, she, uh, after hearing news from the angel, she retreats to her cousin Elizabeth's house. And when Mary arrives, Elizabeth doesn't just welcome her. She's, it says, filled with the Holy Spirit and speaks a blessing upon Mary as her own child leaps and kicks within her womb. Elizabeth sees how God is at work and names it out loud. And this connection inspires Mary to sing what would be her radical hymn of praise, declaring how God's liberating love remains steadfast through the ages. One of my favorite theologians, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was executed by the Nazis, called the Magnificat, the scripture passage um, that is the focus today, the most passionate, the wildest, one might even say the most revolutionary hymn ever sung. So revolutionary that there was a time in the 80s in Guatemala where it could not be read. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices uh, in God my Savior, for God has looked upon with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations shall call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is God's name. God's mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. Throughout the generations, Mary's words have become this rallying cry for those who are deemed lowly or outcast. And one way I'm suggesting that we honor the revolutionary power of her words is to see see the divine in each other. For when we see the divine in each other, it impacts how we live and move in the world. It was a little bit over a month ago that our friend Edwin Arison, who is a dear friend of Archbishop Desmond Tutu, was standing uh, in the pulpit here at East Brentwood Presbyterian Church, and he shared with us how fundamental it was in Archbishop Tutu's life and faith that we find God in each other. We look for God in each other. He used a Kosa word that day, Ubuntu, which is another way to say we find God in each other. Again, when we view every human being as a child of God, we generate a different world. I was helped tremendously in uh, looking at this whole story in Scripture in the early parts of Luke before we get to the Christmas story that we'll hear on Luke 2 on Christmas Eve about Mary and Elizabeth. Uh, and it was helped uh, to look at it through the eyes of Dr. Christine Hong. Uh, she's the daughter of Korean immigrants, and her mother used to say that back in the days of their immigration, whenever uh, you um, came to a new country, whoever met you at the airport decided your destiny. In other words, whoever greeted you at the threshold as you became a new immigrant in that country determined the direction your life moves, where you worked, where you might live, where you would go to school, where you might go to church. Dr. Hong remembers these words and reflects on them whenever she has a transition in her own life, a new job, a move, 
or when she became a parent for the first time. And I'm sure that you could easily think about all those threshold moments in your own life, easy ones, hard ones, hard ones that were made easier because people supported you through the transition. I don't know what kind of transition you may be going through now. I know some people are have spouses that are going to um, need more health care, people who've lost jobs, new immigrants. I think one of the ways we see God in each other is when people are going through these thresholds of life and that there are people and communities waiting on the other side to anchor and hold a person in the nebulous space of change, uncertainty, and fear. Mary and Elizabeth show us that to be the case. And it was a spiritual tie, not just a logistical tie. As Mary and Elizabeth framed the paths of partnership for their children, too, from generation to generation, John the Baptist, who would baptize his friend Jesus the Christ, the Savior of the world. So yes, when we view every human being as a child of God, we generate a different world. So again, I hope that you'll look at that video. We aired it on Sunday morning of the Ukrainian violinist. Christmas Eve is going to mark 10 months since Russia invaded Ukraine. Reporters have shown us with eyewitness accounts of the worst of humankind where it's been hard to see God in another with the violence and the abuse that was affected upon people who were just trying to get through the day. We've gone to bomb shelters and military trenches, bombed maternity hospitals, but also train platforms in Poland where remember seeing Polish moms who had left their baby strollers for Ukrainian Mothers with children fleeing and crossing the threshold of fear and and uncertainty. So we saw a lot of bad, but we've also seen a lot of good. Indeed, we've seen moments of God being revealed in each other. Again, to this affirmation, when we view every human being as a child of God, we generate a different world. And that leads me to remember the truce. That miraculous Christmas truce of 1914. You remember that in history books in which 100,000 German and British soldiers seized fire and participated in this brief and spontaneous peace along the Western Front. Emerging from their trenches, soldiers ventured into no man's land where they shared food and drank. They sang Christmas carols like Silent Night. They even played soccer together. A potent example of how The human spirit can be a powerful force that transcends hate and division in the promotion of peace. I recently learned of the call for the Christmas truce for Ukraine, inspired by the Christmas truce of 1914, and that there's this diverse and quickly growing coalition of nearly 1,000 faith leaders in the United States representing a massive number of believers from every major tradition who have signed on to a Christmas truce statement demanding a temporary ceasefire in the war in Ukraine in recognition of the fact that the way out of the war in Ukraine will not be a military solution. They have signed on with the belief 
that a temporary ceasefire offers an opportunity for moral clarity that could be the first step toward a negotiated peace. I've put links to those articles and that statement in uh, the, the liner notes. About the statement, it reads, As people of faith and conscience, believing in the sanctity of all life on this planet, we call for a Christmas truce in Ukraine in the spirit of the truce that occurred in 1914 during the First World War. And we urge our government to take a leadership role in bringing the war in Ukraine to an end through supporting calls for a ceasefire and negotiated settlement before the conflict results in a nuclear war that could devastate the world's ecosystems and annihilate all of God's creation. I, I looked at the, all the news. I know that we've sent Patriot missiles over to protect citizens. I know that it looks like Russia is getting ready to mount another front and offensive. And I realize I don't think Putin's going to stop. But I went ahead and signed it as an affirmation, this truce, that it's possible to see God in the other. I need to be able to see God in the other. I need to follow Mary and Elizabeth who saw God in each other. I need to follow the violinist who heard something beautiful and in the music they shared and prayed for one another. I need to follow in the way of the soldiers of the 1914 Christmas truce and the signers of the Christmas truce for Ukraine. The way we see the divine in each other it impacts how we live and move in the world. So think about that this Christmas. Think about that. And look at if you can look through a different lens to see God in one another. Here's the prayer. God of all, we are such a mixed bag of distracted and forlorn, eager and anxious We are such an obstacle course of feelings and experiences. And we hope that you might move through the obstacle course we build up around our hearts, made out of questions and defenses, and douse us in good news. For at the end of the day, all we want is to know that we are not alone, that you're always near. So knock on our door. Sweet talk, the guard dog we place in front of our vulnerable hearts. And come right in. And make yourself at home and pull us close and tell us your story of unbelievable good news. That we can see the world as you see it. We are listening. We are grateful. And help us to see the divine in one another this Christmas. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining East Brentwood Presbyterian Church today for music, hope, word, and prayer. To learn more about the life and ministry of EBPC, our commitment to being a Matthew 25 congregation, or to support this ministry with a financial contribution, visit us at our website, ebpctn.org, or visit us on Facebook at East Brentwood PC, or subscribe to our YouTube channel, EBPC videos.